Welcome to Furniture Industry News for Monday, November 6th, 2023, where you can stay up to date on the latest news surrounding the ever-evolving furniture industry. In today's episode, we'll cover economic uncertainty and higher interest rates affecting furniture retailers, retail furniture sales slow, but some companies exceeding pre-pandemic levels, the value of consumer reviews and their impact on traffic and conversion rates, Maersk cutting jobs and reducing spending, Wayfair's Q3 earnings report highlighting loyal customer base and increased revenues, Lovesat Company's net loss in Q2, but expected growth in Q3, and the CEO transition at Beyond Inc. According to a recent survey conducted by TD Bank during High Point Market in October, economic instability and higher interest rates are the primary concerns for furniture retailers as they prepare for 2024. Approximately 64% of the nearly 200 retailers surveyed expressed worries about economic uncertainty, while one-third of them also cited interest rates as a significant issue. Additionally, around one-fourth of the retailers mentioned price increases from suppliers and inflation-driven price increases as challenges their businesses might face in the upcoming year. The survey also showed that retailers had differing opinions on how higher interest rates affect customer financing. Around 28% of respondents believe that higher rates have resulted in reduced sales and decreased consumer interest in financing purchases. On the other hand, about 13% reported normal sales without much financing, 14% saw interest rates negatively impacting sales but fueling more financing, and 12% believed financing interest was increasing while sales remained steady. Regarding financing options, over half of the retailers currently do not offer financing and do not plan to add it in the future. Conversely, around 20% already provide payment options, while less than 3% have received customer requests for financing or installment payment options. However, 11% of retailers are considering offering financing options. Looking ahead to next year, 35% of retailers express optimism, believing that home furnishings purchases will increase, while 19% anticipate falling sales. Uncertainty surrounding current circumstances makes predicting 2024 purchasing trends challenging for 18% of respondents, while the remainder expect sales to remain steady with 2023. In terms of holiday sales, 14% of retailers expect a significant increase in sales, largely based on historical sales trends rather than increased demand. Another 47% anticipate a moderate increase, again in line with previous holiday sales, while 23% expect sales to decline due to higher prices and interest rates. To adapt their businesses in the coming year, half of the retailers plan to expand their product offerings, while 11% intend to cut back on new products. Additionally, approximately 19% are considering store redesigns, 16% intend to hire more staff and 13% are contemplating vendor changes. Aggressive product introductions and store openings present an opportunity for companies to gain market share, despite the current slowdown in the industry. While retail traffic and sales have been sluggish since the start of the year, it is important to consider the exceptional demand experienced during the pandemic. By comparing business with pre-pandemic levels, some companies are performing better than expected. For instance, Lazy Boy's latest results for the recently ended fiscal first quarter show that while sales were down 20% from the first quarter of 2022, they exceeded the pre-pandemic level 
by almost 17%. Haverty's Furniture also reported net sales that were lower than the previous year, but higher than the same third quarter of 2019. Our house, which went public in 2021, saw a significant increase in total revenues for the third quarter compared to the previous year. Furthermore, according to the U.S. Department of Commerce, furniture and home furnishing store sales for each month in 2022 have surpassed not only the numbers from 2019, but also those from previous years. This data helps provide perspective on the current situation, despite some major company closings. To position themselves for future success, companies in the industry have initiated various growth initiatives. These include the formation of new divisions, showroom openings, expanded product lines, and investments in retail footprints. These strategic moves aim to capture market share and sustain growth in the post-recession period. According to a recent survey conducted by Stackline, consumers tend to rely heavily on reviews when making purchasing decisions, yet they rarely leave reviews themselves. On average, consumers only review 0.2% of the products they buy from major online retailers like Amazon, Walmart, and Target. This finding highlights the conundrum faced by brands. While good reviews are highly influential in driving sales, they are also difficult to come by. Stackline's research reveals the significant impact that positive reviews can have on a brand's bottom line. The monetary value of a five-star review varies from $67 to over $400, depending on the product category. For example, in the baby items category, each five-star review is valued at an impressive $472. The electronics sector is another area where top reviews correspond to higher sales, with each five-star review estimated at $441. To further demonstrate the importance of reviews, Stackline found that adding 25-star reviews to a product page can increase traffic by 8% and conversion rates by 22%. These statistics highlight why 87% of surveyed brand leaders expressed the need to obtain more reviews, with 81% specifically desiring better ratings. Despite the value attributed to reviews, obtaining top marks can be challenging. The study shows that, on average, online brands receive a rating of 3.93. Only the apparel category manages to achieve a four-star rating on average, while all other product categories fall below this mark. The home and furniture category, for example, has an average star ranking of 3.85. In summary, the survey conducted by Stackline underscores the importance of customer reviews in influencing purchasing decisions. Brands recognize the impact reviews can have on their sales and are actively seeking ways to improve their ratings. The world's second-largest ocean carrier, Maersk, has announced plans to cut approximately 10,000 jobs due to worsening market conditions. The company, which handles about a sixth of global container trade, has recorded a significant decline in profit and revenue during the third quarter. This decline can be attributed to rising costs, falling prices, and ongoing overcapacity issues. In the third quarter, Maersk's revenue stood at $12.1 billion, a sharp decline from last year's $22.8 billion. Vincent Clerk, CEO of Maersk, acknowledged the challenges facing the industry, stating that demand has been subdued prices have normalized, and cost pressure has increased. In response to these challenges, the company has implemented various cost-cutting measures to protect its financial performance. Unfortunately, these measures have led to job cuts. 
Maersk started the year with around 110,000 employees and has gradually reduced its workforce to approximately 103,500. However, given the deteriorating outlook, a further 3,500 jobs will be eliminated by early 2024. To safeguard its financial position, Maersk is exploring all available options to preserve cash. As a result, capital expenditures are now projected to be $8 billion for the year, lower than the previously estimated $9 to $10 billion. This reduction will be achieved by delaying investments in ocean shipping. The news of job cuts significantly impacted Maersk's stock, with shares dropping 17% to a 52-week low. It is important to note that the company's cost-cutting measures are not the result of low cash reserves, but rather a preemptive action to mitigate potential future risks. Maersk maintains a strong balance sheet, but recognizes the high level of uncertainty ahead. CFO Patrick Janey expressed their preparedness to weather any scenario that might arise in 2024. In Wayfair's latest earnings report for the third quarter, it is evident that the company has cultivated a highly devoted customer base. This loyal following has not only contributed to the 3.7% increase in revenues during the quarter, but has also led to an improved bottom line. With EBITA of $100 million compared to a negative $124 million in the same period last year. Despite reporting a net loss of $163 million, this is a notable improvement from the loss of $283 million last year. According to the released Q3 results, repeat customers accounted for nearly 80% of the orders delivered during the quarter, up from 77.8% in the same period last year. Additionally, these customers placed 7.9 million orders, a 16.2% increase compared to the previous year. Overall, Wayfair delivered close to 10 million orders during the quarter, a 13.8% rise. However, when examining overall revenue growth, the average order value declined to $297, an 8.6% drop from $325 in the same period last year. Furthermore, last 12-month revenues per active customer decreased by 1.6% year-over-year to $538. This suggests that consumers may be more financially constrained due to decreased spending on travel, entertainment, and dining out, along with higher interest rates, which have made relocating more challenging. During the earnings call, CEO Niraj Shah addressed the challenges posed by the housing market and how Wayfair plans to maintain momentum. Shah emphasized that while some customers do turn to Wayfair during a move, this is not the company's primary customer use case. Instead, Wayfair's frequent customers make small updates to their homes regularly. Therefore, if these customers remain in their homes for an extended period, Wayfair is positioned to be their preferred retailer whenever they seek new home items. Shaw acknowledged that the lower average order value reflects the promotional activity occurring not only at Wayfair, but also at other retailers nationwide. However, the company leverages promotions as a means of engaging customers. Less than one-third of gross revenue during promotional events is driven by featured items, indicating that customers are willing to explore and make purchases beyond advertised deals. Wayfair has observed unexpected growth in the pet furniture category, which represents a substantial market opportunity. 
The emotional connection between shoppers and their pets has contributed to strong double-digit growth in this segment. Additionally, the interest in the bedroom category has generated traction in the bedding segment. Wayfair offers a wide range of options to cater to different consumer budgets, ensuring high value across various price points. In conclusion, Wayfair's success can largely be attributed to its loyal customer base. By nurturing this loyalty and strategically addressing market trends, Wayfair aims to enhance profitability and expand its market share. Lovesack Company reported a net loss in its recent financials for the second quarter. Despite expectations of continued low consumer spending on furniture, the company experienced steady growth in its top line. Net sales rose by 4% to $154.5 million, following a 45% sales growth in the same quarter last year. This increase was driven by growth in showroom and internet sales. Showroom sales, including kiosks and mobile concierges, grew by 6.4%. The company attributed a 2.7% increase in comp showroom sales to higher point-of-sale transactions and promotional discounting. Lovesack also opened 54 new showrooms during the period, but operated five fewer kiosks in Q2. Internet sales saw a significant jump of 16.6% due to the same promotional campaigns that boosted showroom revenue. The company also opened three additional shop-in shops at Best Buy during the quarter. Gross profit increased by $13.3 million, rising 16.8% to $92.4 million. Gross margin also improved, reaching 59.8% of net sales, compared to 53.3% in the prior year period. This was partially due to a reduction in distribution and related tariff expenses, but promotional discounting did affect product margin. Despite these positive developments, Lovesack reported a net loss of $635,000, or $0.04 cents per share, compared to net income of $5.8 million, or $0.37 cents per share, in the same quarter last year. The company experienced a decrease in income tax benefit and recorded a net loss before taxes of $642 million. CEO Sean Nelson emphasized the brand's resilience and disruptive business model, that has consistently outperformed its category and garnered customer loyalty. Preliminary results for the third quarter expect sales to reach $150 million to $152 million, reflecting an increase of 11% to 13% compared to the same period last year. Nelson expressed a cautious outlook on consumer spending and highlighted the company's focus on expense control while investing in new products to drive demand and expand market leadership. On the same day that Overstock.com officially changed its corporate identity to Beyond Inc., the company made an announcement regarding its CEO. Jonathan Johnson has stepped down as CEO and a member of the board of directors, effective immediately. This decision was mutually agreed upon by the board and Mr. Johnson in order to facilitate a transition of leadership. As the company searches for a successor, David Nielsen, the current president, will be taking on the role of interim CEO. Additionally, CFO Adrienne Lee will take on additional responsibilities, overseeing legal and human resources functions, in addition to the finance organization. Allison H. Abraham, the board chair, stated that this transition in leadership is the ideal time for the company, given its recent acquisition of the Bed Bath & Beyond brand and the corporate renaming as Beyond Inc. She acknowledged Jonathan's significant contributions to the company's successful evolution over the past two decades. 
Jonathan Johnson joined the company over 21 years ago as general counsel, and after briefly serving as acting CEO in 2013, he became the full-time CEO in September 2019. Johnson expressed that now is the right time for him to move on to the next chapter in his career, coinciding with the company's transition to beyond. The company has also faced pressure from hedge fund JAT, which called for a leadership change in a filing on November 3rd. David Nielsen has been with Beyond since 2019, serving as president and leading various departments. Prior to that, he held leadership positions at Overstock and other companies. Adrienne Lee, the CFO, previously held senior financial positions at Hertz and Best Buy. Her experience spans finance, strategic planning, accounting, and financial reporting. In summary, as Beyond Inc. undergoes this transition in leadership, the board and management are confident in the collective expertise and experience of the interim CEO and expanded leadership team to guide the company into its next phase. Stay tuned to Furniture Industry News from Furniture Podcast. Come to stay informed on the latest updates in the furniture industry and make sure to subscribe for future episodes. <laughs>